Wildcats to another edition of From the Field to the Fans. I'm your host, Otis Evergirl, and with me as always, I sports editor, Keeson Ramirez. How's your day going? I'm battling a cough, kind of been sick this week. Right now, day-to-day, probable for Saturday's game against Georgia Southern. I think I'll pull through. But we'll see. Well, we know how vital you are Saturday to exactly. Texas State football. Uh, Without me, there's sets. no chance they're winning. That's no, I'm just going to say no that right chance. now. Yeah, no so, chance. So you probably shouldn't be probable. You, you probably should be playing. Yeah. All, right, yeah. all right. All right. We'll see. Well, you know what's funny is someone that wasn't probable, who isn't going to be probable for Saturday's day, is Coach Dennis Franchoni. Got to talk to him Tuesday at his luncheon, talking about the big win against New Mexico State and what he expects from his team against Georgia Southern Saturday. I've had Coach Dennis Franchoni here with me. Coach, you get a big win on the road against New Mexico State, moving the record to 5-3 and three, and one win away from bowl eligibility. How does that feel as a coach, and what does that do for the psyche of the team heading into Saturday's matchup against Georgia Southern? Well, I was proud of our guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, two uh, road conference wins in a row. Um, you know, two weeks ago we hadn't had one. So uh, that, that was a good step for us. And, uh, you know, I think the other thing is um, – our guys won the football game, found a way to do it. Um, I think they felt like they didn't play their best, and uh, that hadn't happened around here where we won the game but felt like we didn't play very good. Uh, usually when we didn't play very good, we didn't win the game. So uh, that was a good step for us, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I think they have a good understanding. They're well-grounded as to we got to prepare well, we got to practice hard, we got to uh, play hard on Saturday, and scratch and fight and claw for everything we get and you know when you've won four out of your last five by a total of 20 points you're you're just kind of scratching them out and that's that's okay to their credit they're doing it and i'm proud of them for it coach we talk about one win away from being bowl eligible i know that's a big deal going two years in a row running now how do you tell your team that six wins isn't enough and how do you and the coaching staff get them to focus to just buy into hey we still have a season to go don't necessarily worry about the bowl eligible bowl eligible part yet just worry about winning ball games well after last year I don't have to tell them anything they they won six last year and stayed home so they, they know uh, it, it, we set our goals at the beginning of the year postseason was one of those goals that we set at the beginning of the year uh, but you know we know we've gotten ourselves to November with a tough schedule five games in November and we know that um, a lot of our goals are still in front of us, available to us, and we just got to try to win this game. We can't win next week's game in, until we play this one. And so, uh, and to our guys' credit, they are pretty grounded on all that. They, we don't spend time talking about the B word. We spend our time talking about the GSU word, Georgia Southern University football team right now, and, and that's good. That's the way it should be. Coach, you talk about last year's schedule. You started off 6-3, and three, faced the gauntlet. You play Arkansas State, Western Kentucky, Troy. How do you get the players from last year to kind of forget about that memory heading into this year when you do have five games to play in November? You know, I'm not sure they need to forget about last year. I think they need to learn from last year. Um, and they know that uh, we've gotten ourselves to November. We talked about this schedule, you know, clear back in July and August, that it was going to be a challenge in November. And they know where they're at. They know what teams are going to play. Um, by the same token, we beat South Alabama last year. Uh, it was a tough, hard-fought game. We had a score <laughs> late uh, to be able to do it, and uh, we, we struggled against Arkansas State, but it was 35-21. We hung, hung in there for a long time, and, um, you know, we didn't play Georgia Southern. This is a, the undefeated team in the conference, so you learn from those things. Uh, you, ha- you draw from them, I think. Uh, they are what they are, and, and 
we're you know we're trying to fight hard now to take the next step and get closer in our third year now in FBS football to to being able to get to that you know top top three or four teams in the conference and right now we get to find out here in the next two or three weeks. Coach, you talk about the GSU word, Georgia Southern. They're coming in number one team in the country in rushing. Do you, and I know they run their triple option out of the gun, but do you go back to a, a, the game tape like Navy to kind of study some of the things that went wrong in that game, try to improve on the Georgia Southern game, or do you just watch Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern as a whole and the other teams and the other games that they've played this season? Um, both teams are triple option based, but they're so different. Um, you know, with Navy, you had to be ready for it to go either direction, and uh, that was really all you had to worry about defending was the various ways they ran the triple and things like that. Georgia Southern can do other things. They can run the power off tackle. They can run the counter. They can run some double options. They don't throw it too badly. Uh, the quarterback runs a quarterback draw really well. So it, it's a lot different than Navy. Um, the only thing you, you mention in the same breath about both of them is triple option. Head coach Dennis Franchoni there. You know, something that I take away from that interview was something that he said about New Mexico State was that the inability to play well, but they still end up coming out with a victory. I don't think they can afford to do that against Georgia Southern. I don't, I don't think – I think that is a great confidence boost for the Bobcat football team. But I also think that you're playing with fire there, especially when you're going to play the number one team in the conference. Undefeated, hasn't lost a game. Uh, Bobcats are lucky they're, they're not bowl eligible this year. They can still make a bowl, though, if I believe 74 teams in the FBS don't become bowl eligible. Uh, so that's the only way Judge Southern makes it into a bowl game. But they're lucky they're not, they're, not, they're not eligible to take the championship because I'll tell you this right now, Texas State would be the outside looking in for sure. So they cannot play bad against this Georgia Southern team who was coming in with a great, great, great rushing attack. Georgia Southern is not New Mexico State, and they're, they're not Louisiana Monroe, two teams that Texas State barely beat, the teams that they really needed to go down the wire. Georgia Southern, for to put context sake, is one of the best rushing teams, not only in the country, but in Division One history, which is yeah, 100 plus years. Uh, if they sustain their current pace, they'll be one of four teams to average over 400 rushing yards per game in a season. That's a pace that just no one in history has done. You put that in the context and you look at Texas State, their margin of error is already thin already against uh, Georgia Southern is going to be pretty much zero. They can't make a mistake. They cannot afford to do the things that they did against Louisiana Monroe and New Mexico State and expect to win. I c and I completely agree with you. And even to put Georgia Southern more in the context, last year they played SEC Florida. <laughs> this is historically a great program. Beat them 26-20, 429 rushing yards. Had three attempts passing, completed none of them. They don't need to. And still beat Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what they do. It's a three-man running show. In my eyes, I know you'll have another person, but three-man running show. It starts with running back Matt Breida. Sophomore running back leading the conference with 122.7 yards per game on the ground. Uh, number six in the conference, sophomore quarterback Kevin Ellison, 96.6 yards per game. He has 11 touchdowns. And then rounding out the top 10, L.A. Ramsby, freshman running back, 62.9 yards per game um, on the ground, nine touchdowns. I think I mentioned Brita has 12 touchdowns on the season. I mean, you talk about production from three guys. And not just production from three guys, two of them are sophomore, one of them is a freshman. 
you know Georgia Southern is going to be sticking around in the Sun Belt Conference for a very long time. And just to add another name, like you said, uh, Fabian Upshaw, sophomore backup quarterback. In the last couple weeks, uh, Coach Willie Fritz has entrusted more rushing uh, responsibility on him. So you put those three plus Upshaw plus a receiving core that can make the big play when they need to. Uh, last year, they attempted 101 passes all year. That's 12 games. This year, they've opened it up a little bit more, 102 passes through nine games. Uh, their ratio right now is 83% rush, 17% pass. When they do pass, they've been getting 9.5 yards per, per attempt. So they're a very dynamic team when they need to be. Um, and just the way they do it is they're a shotgun team, like you said in the interview, triple option zone blocking. Very unique combination to attack, defend. And so far, it's working at a historically great rate. Yeah, and for those that may not know, you know, you look at the Navy game, just like Coach France said in the interview, you know, it's a different it's a different team. It's a different type of rushing because they do it out of the gun. They still use the triple option, but it's a lot of misdirection and the zone blocking scheme is important because when you do that zone blocking scheme, that's how they kill you on the play action. That's how they're getting that nine point. And their offensive line is very experienced. Yeah, like very. they have, f I think, four upperclassmen, so that's also helping them out there, yeah, too. Yeah, and that zone blocking scheme, you know, that play action, as soon as you come out of the angle, that play action is there, and then boom, that's how you get that 9.5 yards per, per gain rushing. It's going to be very vital for the Bobcats to be alert. They've had, you know, uh, they've played games where <laughs> – you're, you're looking at teams that come in that struggle running the ball. They look like All-Americans. Now you actually have the best team, <laughs> the best the team, team in the country, and you're just like, oh, boy. It, it might be a struggle for the Bobcats, especially just giving up 600-plus yards to a New Mexico State team that I believe only has two wins on the season. So, you know, you're, you're looking. Now you're coming home, and you're hopefully, hopefully the Bobcats respond. Hopefully the Bobcats play well. And hopefully the Bobcats have players that play well. You know, we enter now our spotlight player segment. Uh, my, I, I have – I have three players, but two is kind of a two-headed monster, Terrence Franks and Rob Lowe. Uh, Georgia Southern has the best rushing defense, allowing 143.8 yards per game. Go figure. <laughs> you have the best rushing offense in, in the country. Of course, you, you compile that with the best rushing defense. That's, that's success. I mean, that's, that's what you're stopping. Now you're making teams do things that they probably don't, don't want to do early on. But Rob Lowe and Terrence Franks, Rob Lowe, junior running back, 84.6 yards per game on the ground, seventh in the Sun Belt Conference, six touchdowns. Terrence, Terrence Franks, excuse me, 64.8 yards per game with seven touchdowns. Those two guys have to be the two-headed monster coming against Georgia Southern. They have to set the tone. Texas State rushes for 238.6 yards per game. That's third best in the Sun Belt Conference something's got to give and I think the Bobcats have to win the battle up front with the offensive line and Rob Lowe and Terrence Franks I believe minus the Arkansas State game have to play the best games of their career come Georgia Southern Saturday and adding to that coach Willie Fritz coach of Georgia Southern he told USA Today that when his team gets one more rushing yard than his opponent they win 91 percent of the time those two really important a guy that's going to stop that run defense Ideally, uh, David Mayo, senior linebacker, the man in the middle, the guy who flies all over the field, they're going to need him. They haven't faced a team quite like this this season and probably for a while. So David Mayo, man in the middle, going to be you know taking charge, getting uh, Brita, Upshaw, Ellison, Ramsey under check. That's, that's his responsibility for this game. Yeah, and, and he's the guy to do it. You know, leading the nation, I still believe in tackles, uh, total tackles. Um, and tackles per game at 15.3. Uh, he's, he's the guy to do it, but he's going to need some help. And I think he's got to look at senior Colby Targan safety, third on team with 50 tackles behind ODRE, who's second. Uh, you know, Georgia Southern, 
it's obvious. Best rushing attack in the country. And usually I think the Bobcats part of the game plan is that they're going to try to stack the box against Georgia Southern. You're going to have to kind of stop that rushing attack because you know Georgia Southern is going to want to run the ball, especially on the road. So Colby Target is going to definitely have to help out uh, David Mayo. And it's not to single out any players on defense because obviously it's, football is a team game. But these two have to lead the charge so that way everybody else can respond and follow suit. My, my second player would be Bradley Miller. He leads the team in receptions. He's the safety valve for Tyler Jones. For them to have any success, because typically Georgia Southern comes out and plays really well early, they're going to need Bradley Miller to open up the middle of the field. That way Ben Ija and Jafis Gaines can have the, you know, the flanks on the edges. Uh, Bradley Miller right in the middle, another guy, uh, going to be really important. Yeah, and I, and I believe all the skill position on offense, it's time for them to step up. This game, Tyler Jones cannot do this by himself. He needs – when you're playing an undefeated team in conference, you need all the help that you can get. If Tyler Jones has a Heisman moment, great. But Ben Iser, Jafis Gaines, CJ Best, they got to step up. They got to help out their guy. You know, they got to help out their quarterback, and hopefully they can do that. And, you know, one way they can do that is hopefully the defense can stop Georgia Southern as we go in and buy the numbers. Uh, first number is obvious 404.2 yards average per game on the ground, according to ESPN. Ooh, that. When you look at a when you look at a team that's averaging four hundred plus yards, you're thinking to yourself, "Is it's going to be a long Saturday?" Six hundred yards in one game already this season. So I mean, that's just insane. Uh, my first number would be four. As I said earlier in the podcast, there's only been four Division One teams to average over four hundred rushing yards in a season. Um, just that number alone just puts it everything into context, really. Yeah, what the Bobcats are going to face this season, yeah. too, as well. Definitely agree with that. Other numbers, too. That's number of losses at home this season. Uh, they call it home field advantage for a reason. Uh, they beat Arkansas Pine Bluff 0-65, okay, FC, uh, FCS team. But they struggled against Idaho at home, homecoming 30-35. And the last two big games they had at home against Navy, lose 21-35. And then the, the stinker on ESPN2 against Lafayette, 10-34. Bobcats have got to use home field advantage to their advantage uh you know you can't lose games like this at home there's a reason why you're playing at home there's a reason why they call it advantage so have to take advantage of that opportunity hopefully the bobcats can do that i don't think they will but you know two two, two losses at home has got to pick it up second number would be 144 that's how many points georgia southern has outscored their opponents in the first and third quarters combined that number they start the first first half really well they start the third second half really well and they put the defense in a position where they're trailing and then that's when the running game can really put them behind on their heels and really take advantage that's that's the key playing them making sure they don't start off well and then going from there yeah, and, and and that's gonna be key. The way we've been talking about this show, and the way Keyson's been talking, it doesn't look like you're picking Texas State to win. No, I am not. Uh, I think I'm going Georgia Southern 45, Texas State 31. There's some variability. I think there's a chance that Texas State wins, but I think it's a very, very slim chance. There's always a chance for everybody to win. When Alabama plays Arkansas, Brian Bluff, Brian Bluff has a chance to win. But guess what? They're not going to win. So Texas State isn't winning either. It'll be the first time all year I'm picking against them. They just cannot stop that rushing attack. When you, when, you make, when, you, when you allow New Mexico State to get 600 yards total offense, that doesn't give me any hope that Texas State can stop them. I think Georgia Southern, they get their average number one scoring offense in the Sun Belt Conference, too, as well, 44.5. I believe they'll achieve that. They'll get 44, uh, 45, excuse me, and Texas State, 35. I think Texas Texas State will be able to put some points up on the board, but it's not going to be enough come Saturday. And Texas State is going to fall to five and four against uh, uh, five and four for the season and lose to Georgia Southern. Well, you got any final thoughts? 
it's early, but the Sunbelt Conference Championship is on the line already. If Georgia Southern wins and Lafayette loses, they clinch a share of the co-championship. And if Texas State wins and Lafayette loses, they, they move up in the, in the ranks. So, I mean, very important uh, conference implications for this game. Yeah. For me, home field advantage. When you play Navy, you play Lafayette, you came out slow. You came out slow. You can't come out slow against Georgia Southern. There can't be penalties. There can't be uh, plays from the second, uh, the second play of the game. You're giving up a big touchdown. You cannot let Georgia Southern come in, dictate the action, and have momentum early on like they did against Navy and Lafayette. So Texas State has got to figure it out with these slow starts at home and has to use home field advantage to their advantage. That's the key to me and staying disciplined. I think that's what the Bobcats have to do. Um, <clears throat> if you have any questions for you can leave them at the universitystar.com or any comments. You can also tweet at us at universitystar or at ustar underscore sports using the hashtag field to fans. And you know what? I'll even give Keesum a personal shout out. If you have any questions for Keesum, tweet him at his personal Twitter account <laughs> at Keesum. And then for me, it's at Otis underscore outputs using the hashtag field to fans. For Keesum Ramirez, and I hope you feel better too, you know, you're, you're going to have to. Big key to the game. You know, you're big My key health. To the game, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for Keesum Ramirez, I am Otis Semigal. And like I always tell you guys, we'll see you next time. Bye.